Welcome to Ohanga. My name is Maggie, and today we'll be speaking with Kate. All right, Kate, so tell me, what kind of art do you do? I take uh, repurposed and recycled materials, and I make them into wearable forms of art as like a reusable fashion type, I guess. Okay, cool. And how did you get involved with art in general? Because that's not what you studied in school, right? No, so I actually studied marketing in school. I always had a very creative background and I liked more traditional art growing up, middle school, high school, and they make you take art classes. And then it was just always a side hobby. And then I kind of started to apply it to clothing when I continued my hobby throughout college. And it was never really a serious thing. It was more for events, pep rallies, anything like that. It just kind of themed uh, merch for the school, which was always really fun. And then it kind of picked up some traction. So I kept making small pieces for my friends, you know, their friends. And then um, eventually it just became uh, so much fun to do that I ended up just accumulating just mass amounts of art and clothing that I had made and it was way too much for me to wear. Um, I looked like I had a hoarding problem so I started my Instagram page to kind of share not only what I was making but maybe hopefully uh, sell some pieces to clean up my space a little bit. Okay cool and so where you were born and raised in Massachusetts? Uh, yes, I've always lived in Mass. I was in um, like Western Mass for a little bit and then we moved to Franklin when I was younger and then ended up just happening to go to college in Mass as well. So Merrimack, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. And so you were saying that you've always been interested in like traditional art growing up and you took classes in middle school and high school. How do you think that kind of got started? Was it the classes at school that exposed you to art or is anyone in your family creative and maybe they gave you the bug? Um, actually, I come from a very creative family, which is kind of really cool. So my, uh, my grandfather was a photographer. My uncle does comic as well as like digital design. I'm trying to think. I have a bunch of cousins who are actually into more cosplay type so they'll do like extravagant costumes very very creative my mom's just witty as heck so that's like her form of it but um the whole family is very very creative and really supportive of uh kind of that that gene and that kind of idea so I ended up um just getting it nurtured throughout school and I actually never took an art class in college because I was really focused on my major and I was like you know art's not Art, art, like, you know, art's a cute hobby, but I was like, it's not gonna, it's traditionally you grow up and you're like, no, you have to like follow that timeline. And, and I, my parents were super supportive of me doing it on the side and stuff. And it was never really like, you know, a main, a main focus of discussion um, until I kind of ended up doing it more frequently than I did anything else. And they were like, <laughs> all right, maybe we should kind of go back to that decision a bit. Yeah. So you, even though you really liked art, when you were younger, you never considered it as a career, like even remotely. It was just like something you did as a hobby. Yeah, I had, because it was traditional art. So I did a lot of like pen and ink portraits, you know, watercolors and stuff like that. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, it's a skill and it's it's amazing to do, but like, what are you going to do with it? And there wasn't, I didn't have at the time something that made it stand out. You know, it's like, you have to be 
beyond good and if you're going to sell your pieces you have to have momentum or reasoning behind them and I was just doing it because I liked it they were goofy they were whatever I was feeling but it wasn't it didn't have like any purpose so it made sense at the time to not kind of go down that path and then as I like later found more reasons to do what I do now there's a lot more emphasis on like the parts that go into it and the recycled materials and there's so much like background and information that goes into it that I believe in so I'm like that was the purpose that I was missing traditionally before I made that decision. And in the Etch article I read that your father is actually the one that taught you how to sew is that correct? Yeah yeah so he he's really really artsy super smart like there's nothing that man doesn't know he's like Google and so I had been hand stitching all my projects uh, for a while because sewing machines are expensive and I was like, that's a big jump, you know? And so I'd never even touched one and I saved up, there was a sale, I bought this sewing machine and it gets to my house and I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> and um, he, of course, him being him, knew everything. He was like, oh yeah, no, I took home back like 45 years ago. Like, I'll, I'll, t- I'll show you what to do. I'm like, <laughs> okay, sure. So he sat down on the counter with me and we were sewing like, pieces of paper to like practice, you know, straight stitches and different kinds of thread tension. And even now, like if I have any problems with my machine, like uh, a few months ago, one of the gears broke in, inside of it. And he was like the first one in line to take the entire thing apart, clean each Aww. piece, put it all back together. Like, and he's like super like cute about it. Like he'll be like, oh, it's no big deal. But I know he spent like three and a half hours trying to redo <laughs> that machine for me. So it's super sweet. That's so sweet. But so, so you started working with clothing in college and you were doing like, mm-hmm. you know, themes with your, with your university. Yeah. I actually, one of the parts of that that's kind of funny is I painted on clothes originally, right? Okay. So it was just like fabric paint. And one of the reasons I started doing sewing was because we would go up to my grandparents' house and my grandmother is kind of quiet, right? My Nana. And um, she's very, very good at sewing. She does like um, needlework, I think it's called. So it's like big pictures of just like sewing. And so I wanted something in common with her, like really, really badly. So I asked her to teach me and we sat on the couch and she was trying to teach me how to do like flowers and like embroidery. And I was hopeless. She's like a machine somehow. She's so good. (laughs) And I was butchering everything we did, but we had a pair of pants and I wanted to do, you know, some stitching on that. And she was the one, she had one cuff and she's trying to show me and then you, her cuff's just, you know, flawless and my cuff's like, it looks like Frankenstein. <laughs> but yeah, so it ended up like happening to like kind of spin off from there. But that was originally the the idea behind the start of the sewing part, which is kind of cool. Okay, yeah, that's so neat. So when did yeah. you start painting on clothes? Like, cause that's already kind of transitioning away from tra- traditional art. I think I started probably junior year of college. I had always done like, um, doodles on like my notes and like very extravagant like kind of cartoon characters and then uh my friend had a bunch of jeans that didn't fit her anymore and I was like oh it'd be cool to like do comics on them right and so she's like yeah sure whatever and um of course I like I went nuts going like painting these pairs of jeans and you know and like forcing her to put them on so I could get pictures (laughs) of them I was like you know you you have to like them she's like okay Oh yeah, and then I dragged her into the woods because I was like, I need the lighting, you know? And she was like, they're, they're supportive. So she's like, yeah, sure. And of course it's all the back pocket. So we're in the woods. I'm trying to take pictures of her butt, like, you know, with the <laughs> jeans. And she's like, what the heck? And so that's how it ended up starting. And we did like Merrimack football stuff. And like, if it was like, we were on the volleyball team. So I would do like, you know, things based off that. So yeah, it was, it was mostly like team spirit and like just kind of goofy stuff at first. 
Okay, gotcha. And so why did you decide to do marketing at in college? I think it was my safe route was business. And then marketing seemed like perfect marriage of bringing that like creative bug to business. So not really the best numbers. I could do it if I sat down, but like the passion was in like creative things. And I always had like new ideas and color schemes and logos. And I was kind of always turning around in my head. So going into marketing is a really good fit. And it still is a really good fit. I, I have a marketing job right now and like love coming up with new ideas, new concepts and different ways to target different people. So that was definitely really, really fitting, especially in college. Okay, cool. And so what job do you do? What's your day job right now? Uh, so I do, um, I'm the assistant director of marketing for MIT and then I sort of do recreation. So it's like, um, we'll do athletics, anything wellness, anything, you know, well-being overall. It's kind of like a big umbrella. I do like the social medias for them and then like currently all their virtual programs. So trying to keep people engaged and, you know, active during the pandemic is kind of a challenge in itself. So that's kind of what I've been tackling virtually the past uh, year or so. Okay, cool. And was this your first job out of college? Yeah, I got it like a week or two after graduating. That's awesome. No, yeah. So when, really cool. when did you graduate? Was it 2019? Yeah. And so what are your hopes for your art right now? Do you hope to be able to do that full time at some point? Yeah, so I'm currently looking into ways to expand it. Um, obviously, I'm just one person, so it's very, very, very slow at the time. Um, and sometimes there's more demand than I have supply just because of also how I source all of this, the materials. So big picture, I would want to find a source of like fabric, something that's completely recyclable, whether that be from recycled materials um, like clothes or plastic water bottles. I've seen a bunch of different fabrics that I've kind of been testing and playing around with that are actually like fishnets and bottles that are, have been blended up enough to become fibrous. And then that's kind of a material. So I've been kind of looking at different, uh, different sources of that and then different ways that I can incorporate that into my designs that I've been doing for maybe like some staple pieces or just kind of, uh, what's the word, like automizing it, I guess, just kind of growing it a little bit bigger, yeah. Okay, gotcha. And so from what I understand, the environmental aspect of, you know, your art business is very important to you. So can you talk about that a little more? Yeah, um, so I guess like throughout college, I noticed that like trends were in and out super fast. And it was always like, you'd you'd save up, you'd buy a top and you're in college. So like saving up like 20 bucks and and you buy something and then it's, it, you know, the next two weeks you're like, oh my God, you're, you're wearing that. Like we're on to this now. Like, but that's embarrassing. And it was like, it was so fast. And then at the end of the year, at the end of the semester, I'd have all these clothes. And I'm like, oh, I can't wear them again. You know, like that's, it's such a trend and it's gone now. And so I, I was like, I feel wasteful throwing it away. And it felt like bad especially because it's like I'd wear it once or twice and because it was cheaper stuff it would fall apart you know it wouldn't it wouldn't be lasting and so that kind of bothered me in the sense of I felt like not only was I throwing away money every time but it was like this doesn't last you know so I I kind of tried to find basics that were you were able to adapt by the trend and that if you spent maybe like 
$50 or more, you know, that's just an example and one piece, but it lasted way longer than in over time, you would be saving money, right? And if you could dress it up, if it's like a blank canvas almost, and you can change it depending on the trends, then you would kind of like a win-win. And so I had been kind of experimenting with that. And I've always been pretty green focused. I did a lot of work with like picking up trash and like it's my youth group. And when I was younger, and we were really heavily involved in like recycling programs and and you wouldn't believe like the amount of like landfill and just different things that you wouldn't think like everyday things like Q-tips alone, you know, like they take over huge amounts of space and you, you wouldn't even realize that. And so it's yeah. like everything that you do is like somehow wasteful. So it's like even just eliminating a few pieces of fabric could, you know, if you do it for each person here and there, you could really have an effect like the long term on a lot of different things. Can you talk a little bit about your creation process, like where you get your materials from, what inspires your your designs, how you get those to the customers and the fulfillment process? Yeah, so I sometimes I'll have a plan. Sometimes I'll, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, you know, this is a really neat idea. But a lot of times I would say it's, it's being creative in the moment. So I try not to like force myself to have too much of a plan because I find that like too much structure kind of eliminates creativity when you're trying to fill this certain box. So if I'm, you know, going through materials or I see a certain color or certain material, like say if I'm thrifting, if not, because I usually try and go for the bigger sizes, so it's most fabric and then I can get a bunch of things out of there. So if I see something and I'm like, oh, this color, this wash, this texture is a little bit, you know, more sturdy than I could do, you know, it could support this. It could, so it's like, I try and, go in with no plan and sometimes it works really well a lot of my designs um that i've liked the most have been where i just sit down with scissors and i'm like you know we're gonna hope for the best because it's you have to picture it in your mind like on a body and it's it's totally different shape than you know laying on the ground so there's definitely been some trial and error because the human form is just berserk with the shapes and like everything and I, i've had my brother like wearing clothes and tops and i'm like please can you just like you know hold this up Aww. and he's like oh my god but I try to go in with no plan because I think that that's the most creative outcome. And like, if you make a mistake, you're like, okay, but it looks kind of cool. So if we run with it, you know, and then you end up with something that you wouldn't originally have thought of if you had just sat down and tried to plan it out ahead of time. And so where do you get, where do you get your clothes from? So primarily I'll do thrifting all over the place, any sort of uh, savers, Goodwill, local thrift stops, thrift stores, which are actually kind of cool around the town. Um, and then online, you can actually do, uh, there's a bunch of different sites for it where it's almost like last stop uh, clothing and you can do it by the box and it's usually about 50 pounds, 25 pounds. You can kind of do different um, weights and you don't know what you get. You just get a box of, you know, and you're hoping for the best. It can be t-shirts, it's jackets, jeans, anything. And um, whatever I don't use for that, I end up trying to donate into the local store if it's like intact enough. Um, which is cool because then it has, you know, another chance just in case uh, before it goes back into that, that uh, ultimate, you know, landfill path. But uh, that's what I've been using primarily. Um, and you, it looks like a mess if, while I'm doing it, but there's just fabric and materials everywhere. But that's primarily where I get a lot of stuff. If I need a fabric, like of a certain color, I'll do like a fabric store specifically. Um, but I try and stay away from that as much as possible. Okay. And are there any kind of themes or patterns you find yourself tending towards, or is it really more based on the kind of material you get? Um, I find myself kind of favoring denim. Uh, 
I use it a lot. I really like the structure of it. And you, instead of going by the brand, like I try and go by the feel of it. So it's like, you can tell when it's like, like well-made denim. So that would be like men's jeans specifically are just like sturdier than women's. Like I don't, they are expected to just do more, I guess. So I try and kind of lean towards that and I'll make like women's tops out of it. I'll do, you know, different, um, accent pieces on a normal pair of jeans. Um, I really like just utilizing the thicker material. Um, I don't think my sewing machine likes it because it's, you know, it's not built for that, but I really like the the feel of having like something sturdy because you don't, I don't want it to be breakable. I want you to be able to wear it and not have to worry about it, throw it in the wash. You know what I mean? So it's like anything that can go through your daily life without like you slowing down to like put it on, you know, or be really careful. That's kind of what I've been trying to aim for. So I, the sturdier the better when I go for materials. What are some difficulties you faced in this this business of yours? Difficulties, so many. Um, <laughs> I think it's probably one of the most untraditional ways, I guess. So it's in the sense of like when you grow up, like it's always like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you know, and you're like you. And then you kind of fall into this path where it's like, okay, you can go into like science, math, you know, like business. And so like, that's kind of where you're supposed to go. And so this isn't really like a set path, you know, you're not really sure where you end up. You don't really know when the, what the big goal is because you're, you're just trying to, you know, make it and do it and, you know, be successful enough to kind of sustain it. So I think that sometimes explaining it to people and you're like, no, it's, it's got purpose, you know, there's some grit to it and there's some teeth and it's just because it's not as popular. It's not like a safety net, you know, there isn't really a safety net. Um, I think that's probably the biggest one because people like assume kind of things when you hear it and it's just like a non-traditional way of starting your own business or doing something. So I think defending it sometimes, honestly, and like artists don't really have like a, they don't get as much credit. They're a little undervalued, I think in society in general. So it's almost like defending what you do and then defending other small businesses in general, you know, cause it's a lot of people don't really understand like the, the grit and the, the stuff that goes into making it happen. And so has your, um, have your marketing studies helped you? I assume like with your own website and your own business. Um, I would hope so. Right. I'd, I'd <laughs> like to say that they have, um, I made like my own logos and I, I do a lot of my own content and then, all the editing and stuff that's on me. And so just thinking of new places to shoot for things and take the pictures, how to do it, the lighting, like all of that. And then just like, if I'm going to do a drop, I have to market it like, you know, a week or so in advance. Cause if it's more than that, they lose interest. If it's less than that, it's too fast. So trying to find like sweet spots and stuff. I definitely think that having a marketing background helps, which is kind of cool, but it's shifted from like marketing a business, like marketing, myself and like marketing a specific product which is like a little bit of a change up from the studies from school but definitely helped in the long run okay great and speaking of your brand so your business is called aware apparel can you explain that really quickly how you decided on that yeah so um super cool actually so i called it like aware right it's a-w-e-a-r and it's kind of like a spin-off of artware which was the original idea behind it and I wanted to kind of shorten that and aware sounded really interesting because I was really like aware of 
how fast fashion has the effects on the environment and, you know, globally and stuff. So being aware of what you put on your body, you know, while it's artware, which is kind of like my background. Mm -hmm. And then the logo is actually super cool. My last name is hidden in it because of the zigzag stitch the way it is. So Mar, M-A-R is actually in the back of it, which is cool. Oh, so I was, cool. yeah, so it's kind of neat. I had like a bunch of different uh, kind of aspects go into that, but that's, that's how we got it anyway. So cool. I think we've pretty much hit all of my questions. Is there anything else you think is important for people to know about you and your story? Oof, that's a tough one. That wasn't on the <laughs> I list. <know. laughs> I don't know. I guess just that I would probably just emphasize the fact that small businesses have the most heart and the most meaning behind the products that they give. And it's not just something they're pumping out for a trend. It's something that's going to last you a long time and it's going to have a lot more meaning to not only you but to them as well so it's shopping small is a lot more important than i think you would even realize so i think that more people need to just be aware of shopping small if you can you know what i mean like a lot of our prices are aren't super different and you're you're kind of helping a lot more than just a, a big old company so shop small absolutely appreciate it